Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? On today's episode, I take you through my long and winding journey around the topic of boundaries, and I connect it with the temperance card from the Major Arcana. So I will begin with sharing some of my experience as a mental health counselor in graduate school. I will go all the way back to childhood and then end up in sort of the contemporary, um, what I'm experiencing right now as I shift and sift through some of my own experiences around um, compartmentalizing aspects of my identity and my life in this world of social media and trying to figure out my own boundaries around what do I share? What do I share online? How do I interact with not just the world, but myself as I am moving through this world? So I hope you enjoy. So I originally went to graduate school to become a college counselor. So the degree that I was pursuing was post-secondary counseling. Now, while I was in my program, there were some changes, as there always is, in um, education education um, situations. And so the degree that I ended up having at the end was mental health counseling with a focus in post-secondary counseling. And in Washington State, in order to become a licensed mental health counselor, because I just don't pass that out to anyone who has a degree, um, there is, it's like 3,000 hours um, post-education um, that have to be supervised. And some of those hours are directly working with people who are seeking mental health services. And some of that work is like the paperwork, the busy work, the kind of behind the scenes stuff that goes into making a mental health facility run. Now people can go and get licensed doing private practice, but the typical route is people linking up, getting a job, or sometimes even getting an externship, which isn't paid. Um, I don't know how those people like afford to live, um, if they maybe have somebody that's like supporting them in the process, because 3,000 hours takes a couple of years. It's about like 18 months to three years. It's typically, it takes for people to become licensed. And I'm totally pro-licensure. I think it's great that you have to have, um, you know, some standards and some accountability people, you know, watching as you're becoming licensed. So my route was to join a crisis counseling job. Um, it was an agency that was working with three-year-olds all the way up to 18-year-olds. And often, you know, when you're working with three-year-olds, 
or four-year-olds or five-year-olds, it's really like family work. And it was in people's homes. So I drove all over King County, which is really huge. It's the Seattle metro area, which like s spreads down to like Enumclaw, kind of, which is kind of like near Tacoma. Um, and all the way out to North Bend, Snoqualmie. So if you're familiar with like the Washington State area, it's like a pretty big area. It would take like a couple hours to drive from one end of the county to another, simply just because of traffic. And so I'm talking about this because what's been on my mind in the last, well, really over the summer, has been my relationship to the term boundaries, okay? And how this is related to tarot. Um, I have been struggling with my own relationship to boundaries, and I think it is because I am being asked or being invited, called into leveling up my own experience with boundaries. So when I've been examining this um, idea, this concept, boundaries um, can be something that you put up between, you know, you know, a fence can be a boundary, a moat can be a boundary, like a wall can be a boundary, right? which is something that we've been talking about a lot in, um, not pop culture, but just like in the news cycle, right? As uh, our president is talking about, um, you know, building a wall between us and Mexico. And so this idea of like boundaries. I've been reflecting on my own relationship to boundaries going all the way back to childhood. And I have been somebody who is really great at compartmentalizing things. So I can remember back to when I was in a fourth and fifth grade split class. And I remember being like, I'm a fifth grader. I'm a fifth grader. And there being this distinction of me and my group of friends as fifth graders in not in like opposition or in it we were friends with the fourth graders but I just knew inside myself I'm a fifth grader they're a fourth grader I'm a this they're a that very um boxes putting people in boxes and I think it was a protective way to keep myself, um, you know, I'm in, on the Myers-Briggs scale, I'm an INFJ. And a, the J part is like if things are decided, if they're like known quantities. Um, and so I, when we moved in eighth grade, I remember moving um, to Yakima and I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. And I was sitting in the cafeteria. And for like the first couple of weeks of school, I was in seventh grade. No, I was in eighth grade. Um and it was an eighth, ninth grade, junior high. I was in eighth grade and there were some ninth grade girls that invited me to sit at their lunch table. And I so thinking back, regret not embracing this friendship with these ninth graders because they were so nice to me. They were so incredibly nice to me. They invited me to sit with them. They talked, they like actually asked me questions. They invited me to go to the state fair with them. But I was so terrified of breaking out of my quote boundaries of like, I'm an eighth grader, they're a ninth grader. Like I had this weird um, obsession with these compartmentalization. So fast forward to postgraduate school as I'm working as a crisis counselor and I 
really thrived in that environment because of my boundaries. Now, it wasn't an overall healthy place for me to be um, in the long run as somebody who suffers from anxiety, sitting and having an on-call day once a week that's 12 hours long where you don't know what's going to happen is stressful was <laughs> sitting around and waiting for the, the phone to ring and not just not knowing what the day is going to unfold. And yes, I recognize that we never know how the day is going to unfold, but there was something about sitting and waiting and being like, Oh my God, is the phone going to ring? Like I couldn't just sit and eat breakfast and just like, Oh, chill out. So I worked that job for 16 months and, and during that time, um, I got pregnant with my first son and was pregnant. Um, I was actually pregnant when I got hired on the job, but only, you know, like a little blip of a pregnancy. And so, you know, I went through the whole pregnancy and had my baby and took maternity leave and came back. And I was really great with boundaries, not just with clients. I'm, I was good at disclosing aspects of my life that was like maybe relevant to the counseling sessions that I was doing in people's homes and doing, um, you know, in, in local hospitals, children's hospital and stuff. But what I was actually really great, it was internally having a boundary that I had because of all of my years of kind of compartmentalizing thing, I was, it was really a beneficial self-care thing where I would come home at the end of the night. And there was a couple of situations that I can think back on in that 16 months that really like lingered with me and stayed with me after the session that was over or, you know, the case was closed or the day was done. But I was often saying to myself, I would just be like, they're in crisis. I'm not in crisis. I'm done, you know, I'm done with the day or I'm done with the situation and let it go. And I felt really accomplished at that. So where does tarot come into this? Because I want to keep talking more about this idea of boundaries and compartmentalizing things. So this year, as I went from, um, private tarot reader for myself and friends and launched into the world of professional tarot reading and opened up my business and started my Instagram and started reading for other people. I've also been doing a lot of learning and soaking up and trying to find kind of that network of teachers that I can really feel like I can trust and I can learn things from um, that aren't trying to hold some sort of power over um, over my head or having some sort of um, better than attitude if that makes sense, or kind of even like I'm, I'm enrolled in Lindsay Max Tarot for the Wild Soul, Soul course, and and it seems like a really great opportunity per, for professional development, but doesn't seem to have this like certificates stigma, like um, this is going to be the end all be all. Like I've gone through the whole like graduate school experience. I'm not looking for more um, licenses, I guess. So. The temperance card has what has been coming up for me. And <clears throat> Tess Giberson, I think that I've spoken about the temperance card before, but I'm drawing a blank on which um, podcast episode that might have shown up in. But they have the zine series on the major arcana, the minor arcana, like all of the um all the court cards and it's amazing. You should totally buy it. I remember them talking about the temperance card as being, um, and also this was on their, their, um, 
Patreon. The Temperance card being linked with Sagittarius. And so the Temperance card is a major arcana. Um, the image is in the writer Smith Waite um, is of like an angelic figure, angel type um, image with two cups and waters kind of flowing in between those cups. And Tess was really talking about the way that temperance is, is about um, decompartmentalizing. How do we take things, the alchemy of taking things um, that seem to be, you know, different parts of ourself and kind of blending them together. And so this is what's been coming up for me is this temperance card being linked to Sagittarius for the, at the beginning when I first learned that I was like, what? That makes so no sense. Come on. Like something more fiery, like the sun needs to be Sagittarius or something more, um, like flighty or, you know, creative and temperance was so watery standing there is like, but now that I've been exploring and experiencing this summer around my own tendency to compartmentalize things and have and draw these boundaries and have all this stuff and have like certain people know me in a certain way, I'm realizing, wow, maybe this is really applicable to my life and that temperance and, and my own sun and moon sign of Sagittarius of having all of these different interests and passions and things that I, that I, that I love doing, but sometimes kind of don't blend well together is coming up for me. So how, how is this looking in my life right now? Well, I'm recognizing, um, in the last, I've been teaching my class now for a solid five years. Um, and I have different, a different set of students every quarter. I see a lot of them throughout the, the program, either on my caseload, um, or, you know, in subsequent classes that I might teach, but I for sure get a new batch of students every quarter. And I noticed that when I transitioned from crisis counseling directly into teaching, that I was very boundaried with my students. Not only was I super excited that I wasn't on an on-call position, um, and so I would leave, you know, at four o'clock or whatever, but that I was very, I, I brought myself to my to my classroom and to my instruction and to the group activities. And yet I was very careful about sharing things. I was just very mindful, very careful, guarded about sharing aspects of my life. And I noticed that after the pregnancy with my second son, because that was something that I couldn't um, not share, my body was changing in a way that I didn't have control over um, whether people knew I was pregnant or not. I was very visibly pregnant throughout the quarter um, and then gave birth halfway through another quarter. And so my boundary about um, self-disclosure, sharing parts of my life became much thinner. Um, students, when I came back after maternity leave, students asked me about my kids. They wanted to see pictures of my kids. And that's something that I would never have shared before, but they were invested and they would, they were seeing me as not just like an instructor kind of removed, but as somebody that they were relating to. 
which can be really great, especially for students who've had a non-traditional path um, in education, finding somebody that they can feel um, safe with, to share with. Um, but it's made me nervous because I come from this mental health background where boundaries and self-disclosure and like you can kind of be a blank slate and you can kind of, you can share some stuff, but you're not going to share all your stuff. Um, has been really kind of like my background, my upbringing. So this summer, I really noticed that this was coming up for me in my relationship to being a tarot reader. So I typically had a private Instagram account and I now have two public Instagram accounts and I'm going through this like swirling mind um, you know, anxious thoughts about what do I share? What do I share on my more generic writer mom, um, kind of Jenna Fox says, uh, Instagram account that's kind of that I'm not super active on. Um, and then what do I share on my specific Leo rising tarot? That's supposed to be more my, my business page. Do I share about my kids or do I keep them separate? Do I just have a tarot focused Instagram where I only post um, tarot images and memes? Do I need to be drawing tarot cards every day for the sole purpose of posting them on Instagram to drive business algorithms and traffic and clients and right? And that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem authentic to me, right? Because I am a mom and I'm a writer and I'm a podcaster and I'm a tarot reader and I'm an educator and queer and adoptee and all of these aspects of myself. And it's really challenging to find kind of my own personal balance of sharing with the world these different aspects of who I am. Because for the longest time, um, just in my personal life, like I was queer and I was out with some friends, but I wasn't out with my family or my in-laws or, you know, I'm still not fully out at work. Um, I'm not out with my students, um, not all of my students, some of my students. I've outed myself specifically because they have um, been really vulnerable and shared, like um, they've come out. Um, and so I, I've been kind of struggling where, where am I, um, what's my own relationship to all of these different compartments that I have inside myself and how do I blend it where I feel authentic in what I'm sharing and I'm not doing it for likes and I'm not doing it for business and I'm, I'm doing, or maybe I'm doing it for that and because it feels authentic to myself. And so really thinking, wow, this temperance card that's supposed to be, you know, kind of guiding my astrological sign is very much showing up in my life right now as I have, okay, all of these different little pieces of myself that I would show to certain people. But now I'm like showing all of them to anyone who just kind of can come across my Instagram page. It feels very very vulnerable to me. And so then I'm also been thinking and experiencing with mental health counseling, I had a really great framework. Um, I had a really great foundation around the boundary of what's mine and what's theirs. And I would never counsel my friends 
right? I would never counsel my family members. Would when we're talking, would I maybe, and I've been very explicit about this, maybe, you know, therapeutic language might show up, might come up in a conversation with a friend, but I'm not their counselor. I'm not their therapist. Um, in the counseling world, that's called a dual relationship. I would never enter into a dual relationship with somebody that I, that I know so intimately in their life because I can't be unbiased, right? As a therapist, if I know, if this is like, you know, my best friend, I can't give her, you know, I can't mirror back to her in a kind of a neutral, safe place because I know her partner and her parents and her, you know, animals, whatever, right? But in tarot, I give tarot readings to friends and I give them to acquaintances and I, and I give them to, um, you know, people I went to high school with or people I went to church with when I was a kid or people that I used to work with as a crisis counselor or um, friends. I've already said friends, family members, right? And, and these are, I'm not just talking about like, at a coffee shop, we're just hanging out and I break out my, my tarot cards and we just like do readings for each other. I mean, like I have actual clients are people that aren't just strangers from Instagram or the internet or people that I meet at festivals. I take money from friends and family and other acquaintances and people from all sorts of the different compartments of my life that I know. And so I've been thinking about that, about that is like a different level of holding space for my experience, their experience, the process of tarot, um, setting aside some of the, the preconceived notions that I have about somebody's life, reading the cards, sharing with them, um, while also not trying to take on the, the mantle of somebody who has to hold all of the space right? I'm holding a certain amount of space in the tarot reading um, and then trusting that their life is, you know, going to go and they're going to make decisions from that. But what's challenging for me sometimes is when I was a crisis counselor, I would work all day and I'd be with people and at night I would just scroll on the, on Instagram or on Pinterest or on Facebook, or I'd just watch YouTube videos, right? The internet was an escape from my mental health counseling from my experience like the boundary was like I went home now I don't have that boundary right I can be not the tarot reader for a friend but have been in the past I've done a tarot reading and I scroll and I'm feeling feelings of care and concern and curiosity and wanting to um ask people how they're doing, but I feel like what I'm doing now is carrying more stories, which is like this amazing privilege to have. But what I'm feeling is less of a barrier between my own feelings and the ability to say like, nope, that's that, that's that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pry. I'm not going to, um, because I would never like scroll and find a, you know, a client on Instagram and then like look at their pictures and, and, and reach out to them. But with friends and other tarot clients, like the lines are just softer or different. And I feel like I'm in this process of learning the, the rules, not the rules like there's some sort of like tarot guidance, 
you know, manual that I'm going to read, but just for my own self, trying to figure out that balance, that temperance card of like, how can I blend all of this? How can I not get overwhelmed? Like sometimes if I just want to like scroll and not get overwhelmed, like maybe Instagram is not going to be that tool because now I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling through people's feeds of people that I love and I care for. And I also am intimately involved in aspects of their life because we've done tarot readings or I've done tarot readings for them. So I know parts of them which is like this beautiful privilege, but then also I'm recognizing that it impacts me emotionally to know people's stories and to want to know all the story, right? I want to know, I want everyone to be okay and safe and happy and have a beautiful life. And that's not always the case because life is messy. So I don't have an answer to this, but I'm, I'm working through it. I am um, exploring this topic. I am talking about it, right? I'm sharing um, with you all, with myself, with people in my life around trying to find that balance of sharing myself and what feels good and what feels safe while also seeing the more people um, that follow me online, the more I'm like, oh gosh, you know, that's a picture of my son. And that's very, that's very intimate and vulnerable to share, you know, um, my child. And then like, what if creeps see it? And you know, it's, it's open to public and kind of wrestling back and forth of like being that like public and open figure and had like share all the things and then wanting to be like, whoop, nope, inside, nothing. I'm not going to share anything. I'm just going to post, you know, um, very neutral images of tarot cards. So that's kind of what I'm going through right now. And I'm curious who can relate to this, um, this feeling of needing to kind of bring and swirl all the different parts of themselves together. And maybe that's, you know, being a parent and being a worker or, you know, um, when I, when I got married at that, right? Like bringing myself and my own family histories, um, to merge with my husband's and his own family. Right. And that's kind of that, like balancing and finding all those dis different aspects of ourselves to bring them into wholeness and to share them with the world. So I would love to hear from you, um, your relationship to the temperance card. Um, and this idea of alchemy and balance, um, I can be found on Instagram. Of course, I just, I've been just blathering about Instagram for this, basically this whole, um, episode. So, uh, my business, my tarot focused Instagram is at Leo rising tarot. And I also have a Gmail account, Leo rising tarot at gmail.com would love to continue this conversation with you guys outside of just you listening to me talk. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update 
that in the future if it changes.